This is an AI Group podcast. AI Group has prepared a series of papers that consider how best Australia can recover, rebuild and reposition for a stronger and better economy and society beyond this pandemic. These papers contain recommendations across many fundamental areas of public policy to help achieve these ambitions. Today, we'll be providing a snapshot of our proposals around taxation reform with our group's head of policy, Dr. Peter Byrne. Welcome, Peter. So taxation, reform to support a better federation, a better economy and a fairer society. The paper argues that our current tax system is not up to the task of dealing with the aftermath of the current crisis and it's pretty well ill-suited to a lot of conditions even before the crisis. Peter, what, what can you do? Where would you start? I think a good place to start on tax would be to say, well, what is it, what's the big picture objectives that we want to get out of this? Um, and I think those big picture objectives might look something like, well, we want, we want a system that can raise revenue in a way that leaves people with incentives to work and to save and for businesses incentives to invest so that it's a pro-productivity and pro-growth tax system. And of course, we want a tax system that plays its role in the redistribution of income uh, that occurs in Australia. It's quite a considerable redistribution when we think that that's a, we, we, the tax system needs to play that role. And then also that it provides all the government services that we think ought to be, ought to be provided, including in relation to um, alleviating poverty, addressing areas of entrenched disadvantage, um, funding education, um, aged care, all of those things. We want the money to roll in in order to, to do those services, to provide those services that we entrust to governments. But not raise too much money that would throttle business. Well, we don't want to raise too much money to throttle business. And we, probably more to the point, we want to raise the money in a way that does least damage to the economy, put it that way, so that um, we can... There's two ways of looking at that. We, we can then um, raise more money we, uh, if, we, if we want to increase government spending without further damaging the economy, or we could um, simply just increase the efficiency of our tax system and leave more money in the hands of the private sector. Okay. So with the system, and it's a, it's a very big and complex system, what would you fix first? What, what's a couple of top priorities you think that would be that would repair it and meet those ambitions that you've outlined there? I think that there's a, a few things that can be fixed. <laughs> uh, can we can, the steps that we can take towards fixing it. It's probably a better way to put it because we currently have a, have a problem in the economy. There's not sufficient demand. We've got a crisis. We've got high unemployment. We want to stimulate demand in the economy and we want to encourage employment of people and we want to encourage investment. So we can do some stuff that addresses those things and also is a, part, a first step on a longer-term reform path. So we have in train um, a set of income tax changes that the government has scheduled over several years. We could bring forward some of those so that we put more money in households' budgets and that they could then spend the, that money and, and that would help stimulate demand, step in, stimulate um, business activity and increase the pace of jobs growth. All of those would be very positive um, steps. We could also reduce, reduce taxes on business as a stimulatory measure. 
Um, we're already reducing the company tax rate to 25% for businesses with turnover below um, 50 million from the middle of 2021. We could we could extend that threshold. We could lift that threshold and relieve and give a lot of other businesses that 25% tax rate. And you could do that in a way that lifted investment and lifted investment quite sharply. Uh, and that's exactly what's needed right now. Um, the forecasts for non-mining non business investment for the, for the next year are abysmal. A fall in non-mining business investment, a considerable fall. So now would be a great time to commit to reducing that company tax rate for many, many more businesses. That would help them invest. It would help them get employment going and would be very good for demand in the economy right now. The paper also argues that we should be taxing consumption a bit more evenly. Um, the dreaded GST and the best statements. Are there alternatives to that? Oh, there's lots of ways to tax consumption. Um, our problem on the consumption front at the moment is that um, the GST covers roughly 60% of consumption. A few years ago, it was 65% of consumption. And in a few years' time, it'll be 50% of consumption. That's because areas that aren't taxed are growing faster in household budgets than areas that aren't ta are taxed. So that means that the GST revenue is falling as a share of the economy. And so but at the same time as things like the fuel excise tax are no doubt coming down longer term. Yeah, yeah, well, the fuel excise uh, is, is falling because fuel's falling as a proportion of total spending, for one, but also because we face this electrification of cars and they, they don't use anywhere near as much petrol. And More efficient uh, um, cars, I suppose, as well. Yeah, oh, oh, definitely trends to fuel efficiency and the like impact this, but the electrification is a game changer. And uh, that's going to be, it's an important source of revenue and that's going to dry up. So how can we, re how can we build this up? I think you're talking then about different taxes or bigger taxes. Yeah, well, you, could, you can use the GST, you could extend it, broaden it to cover the things that it doesn't currently cover and some of those things at least. Um, you could increase the rate as well. Those are some options. Henry talked about, Henry Review, which you contributed to, talked about the business cash flow tax as one option or some combination of this, that and others. Yeah, so that was that's an interesting proposal that um, was floated in that review. Uh, part, part of the motivation for that was because the treasurer who commissioned that review said, don't touch the GST, so was, which is a you typical response in tax reform, yeah. don't mention the war. So... Uh, yes, a business cash flow tax could make a lot of sense, and the Henry proposal was for that to be a state tax, um, unified um, and perhaps collected by the, the tax office, the Australian tax office, but nevertheless a state a source of state revenue. Malcolm Turnbull talked about state state taxes as well, and it lasted about a week, I think. Yeah, so this is the trouble with tax reform. Everyone's got a set position. The papers get onto it immediately. The media get onto it immediately. And then they jump up and rule it out forever and ever. Which, is, and which leads me to one of, one of the ones in the papers that, that toys with the idea of revisiting the concept of replacing royalties on natural resources with a tax on rents or the old uh, super profits tax or um, you know, CPRS. Hang on. The super that, profits tax. Yeah. So that was, um, that was a dreadful episode, wasn't it? And um, 
But the fundamental thing, ironically, the mining industry at one stage in that debate supported the idea of um, replacing the royalties with a rent tax. It makes a lot more sense from an investment point of view um, uh, and it would um, be conducive of much more employment and investment in that sector. Uh, but of course, with the that's a different proposal. Was a, a, a the bigger um, tax uh, rent tax that was proposed um, by Treasurer Swan and Prime Minister Rudd, I think. That was the MRRT, I think. Minerals the resource uh, rent tax. Yes, the MRRT. Yeah, yeah. So the minerals resource rent tax. That's right. And um, that that um, fell foul of um, circumstances and um, poor communication Politics. and so forth. And um, and politics and advertising and so forth. But this the proposal we're talking about here is is simply a replacement of the royalties with the resource rent tax, so that um, some the states right, get to keep it. The state you can make it the state state revenue, or you can make sure that the states are, are compensated totally for the for whatever it is. Oh. But um, having these these the plethora of royalties which are payable no matter what they're going to get. In, whether they're making a profit on the sale of, of these um, commodities or not, uh, that's that, that's not the best way of going about that. Okay. So also we, we mentioned the fuel excise before, and there is some talk in this tax policy paper on replacing something like the fuel excise tax with more direct road user charges, for example, where you pay for what you use. What, what are some arguments there? Well... First of all, from a revenue point of view, we know that the petroleum, that, that the uh, fuel excise is going to dwindle. We, probably our road usage isn't going to dwindle, and if anything, we'll, we'll, we'll need more of them, and we need to find a way to do it. At the same time, in the large number of Australian cities, we've got a congestion problem, and you can... Um, uh, you can better raise that revenue by also addressing the congestion problem with a congestion charging or a road user charging system. And uh, we need to replace the um, we need to replace the, the the fuel excise as well. So there's a way of getting around that, and you can link the we have the technology now readily to link the use of roads to the charges. We, we do, everyone's got a thing on their car, it goes beep, beep every now and again. It's you, done in London. You can do it's it more done comprehensively. Everywhere. And we do it a lot here. And you can do that pretty easily. Well, in New South Wales, they build a brand new road that they want you to use and then put a barrier on it by putting a cost on it. Hmm. Whereas the road they don't want you to use is free. Yeah. And so what, what we do at the moment is weird because the best roads, the ones we want people to use because they're more efficient, they uh, they don't involve as much fuel, stopping and starting and the like. We charge people for those roads. We don't charge them for the ones which are congested. Um, they've got a lot of traffic lights. They're dangerous because they pedestrian crossings and the like. And so we've got a funny incentive. So we're sort of a little bit between two worlds at the moment. We should move more decisively to a world where we're charging for road use in that sort of electronic system. Um, and the other thing there is that you, know, you get someone who doesn't use their car much, who doesn't, um, uh, you know, barely use it. They don't have to pay very much money at all. 
Yeah, not using it. So um, just a couple more things before we wrap up. There's some, uh, also some discussion in there about property taxes, and this comes up whether it's an individual or a business. There's lots of property taxes because usually state, well, they are state taxes because the states can't get income tax. They put big taxes on property. Have we got any thoughts on alleviating that sort of pressure? Yeah, the big problem with taxes on property are the transfer taxes. So the ones that you pay when you're buying a new house or you're selling it or you're buying a new business or whatever. The old stamp duty in some yeah, the states. stamp duty, and they're still there, and they're terrible taxes. They just add, they're just absolutely appalling taxes. Put a big lump of cost on people buying a new house at that time or buying a business, adding a great big chunk of revenue to that. You'd be much better off using the... Um, property tax base, the land tax base that we already have and increasing that a bit and phasing out the transfer duties. And you can do that in a way that the ACT has done that in a way. New South Wales is looking at a proposal to do that. And that would improve, um, one, uh, the, the, the efficiency of the taxes so that you don't get those distortions around the purchase, buying and selling decisions. And it would also, for the states, would increase the stability of revenue. So you don't get all the revenue coming in when there's a property boom and none when there's no transfers of property. Rather, you get a steady flow of income. And uh, from a tax point of view, that's, that's a desirable thing. Excellent. Uh, well, that's all for now in this brief snapshot of AI Group's policy paper on taxation reform. If you want to read the whole paper... It's available on our website at aigroup.com.au and there's an email address there that you can email your views into because we always want to hear what input you might have to making the policies better or different. Okay, thanks to Dr Peter Byrne. Thank, Thank you. you, Peter. And that's all for now. See you next time.